honored to be here, and I don't want to talk a lot because then I will cry and my makeup will show all the way down. <laughs> but, um, you know, there are so many things that we can be grateful for. You know, I think if I will ask each one of you to come up front here and just say, what does the Lord has done for you? It will take us year, just years just to be done. You know, I am so grateful when I came here, uh, I had never heard of the full gospel and I had so many needs, you know. My son uh, needed healing and we were broke, <laughs> broke more than broke. And uh, you know, God is, the word of God is what changed our life. And so I, I, I know that Sebastian is somewhere, somewhere in here, so I hope he's not mad at me. Oh, he's right there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I spoke the word so much over him for the things that were said over him. Actually, there is one of the teachers here that she will remember. Every time that I would go to one of those meetings and they would say, Sebastian Kent, Sebastian Kent, Sebastian Kent, I will just write down in every paperwork that they will give me, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And then I will tell them, and these meetings will come to an end. And so, uh, you know, he had difficulty speaking when he was uh, little, and now he doesn't stop. <laughs> I think I overdid it a little bit. <laughs> but he was sitting next to me on Monday, and I could hear him singing, worshiping God. And you know, that just... Years ago, Pastor Mark, he probably doesn't remember, but I remember because when the Lord speaks to you, you will never forget. But Pastor Mark laid hands on me and he spoke Psalms 126. And I will never forget that. You know, he said, and they will see and they will say, look what the Lord has done. You know, that is so true. Uh, you know, I didn't read the, the, the scriptures before. You know, you have to sow sometimes with tears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you will reap. And God is faithful. Amen. He is forever faithful. Amen. So I can't believe, you know, I'm from a small town in Mexico. And, you know, that the Lord has me here. It's just amazing. And when I started to go to um, Bible Institute, I had a hard time understanding misopo. <laughs> And Robert, <laughs> they spoke too fast for me. <laughs> and so, but, you know, God is so faithful. And so right here, there is an atmosphere of faith because thankfulness is the voice of faith. Amen. That's, that's the sound of faith, you know. When you start thanking the Lord before you see anything, that is faith. That's the spirit of faith speaking through you. Amen. And so anyway, but, you know, I'm not speaking about this. It's just, uh, you know, Pastor Mark was talking about, you know, righteousness and faith and healing. And those are things that, I, you know, I got these. And then the Lord gave me this message and I got so nervous about it <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's out of my comfort zone. Oh, <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Down? Yeah, try right there. Is that good? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. And so uh, for those of you that have gone through Bible Institute, you know that I teach uh, righteousness class. And that class uh, absolutely changed my life. Understanding righteousness uh, rocked my world. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Because I believed that if you have a revelation, if we have a revelation of righteousness, we can receive absolutely everything from the Lord. Because you are grounded in the love of God that no matter what, even when you make mistakes, God is there for you, not yes. against you. And he will help you if you fall, if you mess up, he's right there to help you Amen. to stand up and do better. Amen. He's right there. And so, uh, you know, I found that scripture. I thought, Lord, there's got to be a scripture that says that, you know, everything else comes from righteousness. And I found one. <laughs> and it's a scripture that we are very familiar with, that we all know. Probably we have memorized it and uh, spoken many times. This scripture is found in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, 
3. And the scripture says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, all of those things, what are all of those things? Healing, finances, peace of mind, strength, anointing, everything that you need is right there. Seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, not our righteousness. It's not what we do, it's what he did. But then I saw, okay, well, it says in there, it has an end in there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I thought, I have never studied on the kingdom of God. And so when Pastor Mark this year said, I am going to teach about the kingdom of God, and he was teaching about what the kingdom of God brings. It consists of what? Joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost, right? And righteousness, righteousness, joy, and and peace in the Holy Ghost. But that's what the kingdom of God contains. What is the kingdom of God? And then he said, I am going to be teaching about the sayings of Jesus. And I thought, that is great because he's going to answer all of my questions about the kingdom because Jesus spoke so much about the kingdom of heaven. But I guess the Lord wanted me to study the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. (laughs) So I've been on a just looking to all of the scriptures that talk about the kingdom because this scripture said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else that Jesus provided at Calvary will be added unto us. And so, first of all, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? I like, like Pastor Mark said, I like to study. I'm a nerd. And so I uh, went to the strong concordance, what kingdom is, no? It's just dominion, authority, rulership, government, the government of God in our lives. That's what the kingdom of God is. God wants to govern our lives. He really, truly wants to be the king of our lives. And it's not just something that we say. He wants to rule our lives and so that got me you know excited he wants to have dominion and authority to in our lives then I came to this scripture it's in Matthew 28 verse 18 and this scripture says and Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth Well, that really boggled my mind because for the longest time, you know, I know that the God of this world, according to the scriptures, is the enemy, right? He lies, but he stole that authority. The reason why Jesus came, he came to restore that authority that the devil had stolen from his children. And you know what? The earth, all creation belongs to God. Everything belongs to Jesus, and Jesus rules over everything right now. We know the scriptures that said that Jesus died and rose again, and that he was seated in heavenly places above every principality and power and dominion, and that he is king over everything. Today, he is king over everything. Everything belongs to him. And we don't have to wait. Of course, he's going to come someday and everything is going to be made right but we don't have to wait for that kingdom to manifest today in our lives it's here and it's now and so you know where i'm going (laughs) so this makes me really excited okay so even uh when we're born again what is it that we have to declare to be born again that jesus is lord (laughs) And what does that mean? That Jesus is Lord over our lives. And that Jesus is Lord over everything that we have. He is Lord over everything. But you know, he wants to be Lord over everything. Everything that we have influenced, everything that we touch. He wants to be the Lord of our families, of our children. He wants to really be the governor of our lives. And he is a good governor because he doesn't force us to do anything. 
He wants to govern our lives by this love and relationship that we have with him. And so, another scripture that really, you know, just turned the light on is found in Luke 4, 43. And this is Jesus. And he said why he came. Of course, he came to redeem us. He came to shed his blood. He died on the cross and he rose again. But that scripture says that the purpose that he came to, it was to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. It means he came to tell people God is back to take over. And the enemy doesn't have any more power. That's what Jesus came to do. He was preaching the authority and the dominion of our heavenly father through a man, through him. And so we know that when Jesus was here on earth, he walked and the kingdom of God was within him. Everywhere he go, he went, he was preaching the kingdom of God that was within, is in the midst of you, is right here. And then he died. He had to shed his blood, die, and rose again so who, he could sell the kingdom of heaven to dwell on the e- inside of each one of us. Right this very moment, this moment, the kingdom of God is on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is heaven on earth. And the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. And so many times we say, but if we just could understand, what does it mean? God himself living on the inside of us. The kingdom of God on the inside of us. The authority of God inside of us. The power, the dominion of God that wants to come out of us. He doesn't want to stay in this package. He wants to explode out of us. And so... By the Holy Spirit, now he dwells, the kingdom of God dwells on the inside of us. But then I found another scripture. You know, this was, this was God's plan from the beginning. God's plan from the beginning was that the kingdom of heaven will come here. Here on earth. So many times we talk, okay, I just want to go to heaven and it's going to be marvelous. But God wants to manifest himself here on earth. Actually, that was his plan from the beginning. He created the heaven and the earth. He created the universe. He created man to be an expression of heaven here on earth. You are an expression of heaven here on earth. That's what he came to do. And he wants us to bring that kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. In everything that we do. He wants to get out of the walls of the church. That's what he wants. And this is scripture in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. If you can open up. It says... This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. You see that? That is the kingdom of heaven in each one of us. God desired to put his laws in our hearts so it would not be something outside of men but on the inside of men. That has been God's desire. That has been God's purpose. That's the way he made us to be, to put his rules, his law on the inside of us so we can bring this kingdom here into manifestation, something that is not seen so is able to be seen and expressed I'm going somewhere with this so bear with me and you know what Pastor Robert Pastor Belinda they were talking about this they were talking about obedience Pastor Robert was talking about obedience Pastor Belinda was talking about honor right here is where you find it when you make God truly the Lord of your life 
you know, the problem that we have with all, all the dishonor that is going around, all the disobedience that is going around is because people don't honor God for who he is. There are many people that perhaps are not even born again. There are many people that visit a church, but they have never taken the time to allow God to rule over their lives. They have never taken the time to see what is it that God wants to put on the inside of me. But right there, God wants to let that for us to let his word, his truth, dwell on the inside of us. And so that was the reason why Jesus came. He came to bring this kingdom on the inside of us. But then I found another scripture. Jesus left this mandate to the church. What he came to do, to bring the kingdom of heaven, he gave it to us. Now it's our job to yeah. do it. I'm going to give you a scripture just in case you're doubting. <laughs> it's in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says in there, go you therefore, right? Because all authority had been given unto him. And teach all nations. You see, it's not just teach Christians. Teach all nations. You know, I think as Christians, we focus so much in just church. And you know, the enemy focuses on nations. And that's why we have that problem right now. The enemy wants to take over nations while we are just thinking individual. But God wants nations. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come and he is going to separate what nations that are goats and nations that are sheep. Nations. He wants nations. And that scripture says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Each one of us. And I'm not talking about someone that is in the ministry. I'm not talking about a pastor. I'm talking about just regular believers. Each one of us should be teachers. And I'm not talking a teacher, teacher, you know. But, you know, just like Pastor Mark was saying last night, that we have to model our lifestyle in front of other people. You know, you're teaching. How can you teach a child the best way after, you know, a good spank? You model that. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, uh, your, your children have to see you praying. Your children have yes. to see you speaking the word. Yes. Your children have to see you being honorable, not lying, having integrity, being a good worker, doing good. If you yeah. promise to do something, you are going to do it. Yeah. You're modeling something and you're teaching something. Right. And we are called yeah. to teach nations. For them to observe what the scripture says. And you can think, well, you know, there are other nations. But I was thinking, I was looking at uh, the, the ministers from India. As Pastor Mark was ministering to them, that he spoke favor over them, even in the government. Amen. And then I thought, you know, that is wonderful. Because if they can touch a high place, there are so many aspects of a whole country that can be touched. It's amazing. God wants to touch places. He doesn't want to remain in the church. Jesus is the owner of everything. You know, I think so many times, and you might think, I just think a lot. So Pastor Mark can fix whatever I mess up here. (laughs) Um, You know, in the scriptures, in the scriptures, I think we all think, you know, when Jesus comes back, we're all going to be in the garden. You know, eating apples and, you know, I don't know. But Jesus is coming with a city. A city. And when you think a city, you think society, you think culture, you think buildings, you think everything, you think government. Jesus wants to be Lord over everything. And that includes a form of our lives. How we live. And the scripture says, men shall not live by bread alone. And you know, it's men in general, not just Christians. Men out there 
they need the word of God. They just don't know it because the enemy has blinded them. And that's why they are dying without hope and without God. But everyone needs the word of God. And you know what? You don't have to be a preacher and you don't have to go and twist someone's arm and tell them this is what you have to do. When you model the kingdom, who doesn't want the kingdom lifestyle in their lives? Even if they don't want Jesus, even if they reject Jesus, they like the fruit of the kingdom. Because it is so good. God does everything so perfect. And so we can see how Jesus gave gifts to the church with a purpose. And this is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. And I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is right there. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I'm just going to stop right there. You see, God, Jesus gave gifts to the church, to the body of Christ. For what purpose? To build it up. So what? So we will get out of that door and do the work. So many times we just expect this pastor has to do it. You know, just put a TV show and just, you know, or let's just the minister to do it. You know, I'll never forget. I remember in the A-frame, there was a sign as you were going out of the church. Who remembers that sign? Yeah? What did that sign say? You are now entering your harvest field. And I think, where is there in any place around here? No? It's pretty good. Because you know what? We need to remember. We forget. And we forget when everything is going well. Or um, we get comfortable. Or we get selfish. I'm going to say we just want to receive things for us. As long as I'm healthy, you know, I got my healing, praise the Lord. As long as I got my finances, everything is good because I am taken care of. But there are thousands of people out there that were in the condition that you were the first day that you came in here. You remember how was your soul the first time that you came in? The first time that you heard that God is a loving Father, the first time that you heard about the power of the blood of Jesus, the first time that you've heard that he is not mad at you, the first time that you are a child. And there are many people that don't know that. These gifts are to get us ready. And to show us who we are in Christ. So we can go not with a mindset of the world, but with the laws and the identity that God has given us as his children. That's what the church is for. To show us what is the greatness of the power that is on the inside of us. That is the job of those gifts in the church so we can go. The work of the church is to get you filled with the Holy Ghost so you can go out there and bring this kingdom wherever you go through the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do it by yourself. God is with you. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. Now, here, here it comes. I just, I'm going to need uh, some love. <laughs> um, please just say, I love you, Raquel. I love you, Raquel. Okay. <laughs> you know, for so many years, for hundreds of years, the church, the body of Christ, has missed its purpose. 
the church has not been doing what Jesus left us to do. And you know what? There are so many believers that are just waiting for escape. You know, we are hoping for the rapture. Jesus is coming and he's going to take, and we're not going to have to deal with all this mess that is happening right now. It's like right now we're looking, where are you, Lord? It seems like everything is getting really crazy. We have this escape mentality. Because, you know, we think that our eternal home is heaven. When we know that the scripture says that Jesus is going to come to establish his kingdom right here with us. And right now we're just learning how to partake of this kingdom and how to minister to nations here and now. I don't know if there is a rapture. I have talked to Miss Opal in occasions about it, you know. She said she doesn't see it in the scriptures. Well, Pastor might fix that if, she, if he finds the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to get out of that mindset that we're going to just wait for Jesus to come and take us. That is a coward way to think about the kingdom of God. God wants us to fight for his kingdom. We got to quit thinking also, everything is going to get darker and darker. The Bible says that it's going to be really bad. But you know what? It doesn't have to be in your home. It doesn't have to be in your schools. It doesn't have to be in your community. It doesn't have to be in your church. It doesn't have to be in your family. Can you imagine if that's what the, 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 the church, the early church, thought? You know, everything looks pretty bad. You know, they're persecuting. They're killing. You know, Jesus is coming probably next month. And maybe some of them thought. You know, they were waiting for Jesus to be there like yesterday. But what is the attitude? When you read the book of Acts, what is the attitude that you see in the church? You know, no matter what, if, if Jesus came the next day, they were out there. They were out there putting their lives at the front of the battle. You know, they didn't go and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then they just sat down. We're just going to get here and just wait for Jesus to come. Nope. There is a fight to faith, a faith. And Pastor Rhonda, many times I've seen her here crying before God, asking for this generation. She's saying, Lord, give me this generation. And you know what? Parents are responsible for their children, but we as a church, we are responsible for these generations. What are we doing for those that are outside? How can we do this? It seems like really hard. How can we do this? The Bible says, submit to God and resist the devil. And you know what? We are very familiar with that scripture. I have said that scripture hundreds of times here in healing school. Submit to God and resist the devil. When the devil comes with a symptom, you resist the devil. When the devil comes with a crazy idea, you resist the devil. When the enemy comes with this, you resist the devil. But you know what? We are to resist the devil in everything that does not conform to the word of God. Everything that does not conform to the heart of God. Submit to God, honor God, and resist the works of the enemy. We are very passive. At least I can say I am passive in so many things. But God said, submit to God and resist the devil. And that is not just for our healing. It's not just for our finances. It's not just for our relationships. It's for everything. Everything. 
you know, Jesus said that we will be persecuted. And a lot of people, I, you know, we don't like to be persecuted. We want to be loved. <laughs> love. <laughs> we want the love. We want to be liked by everybody. Who likes? I mean, if you like somebody not liking you, there is something wrong with you. Definitely, you know? There is something wrong with your head. Because that's part of how God made us. We want to be loved and we want to love. But Jesus said that we will be persecuted. And if we are not being persecuted enough, maybe it's because we sound too much like the world. I love Raquel, right? <laughs> but there is something that the Lord showed me, and I think this is so powerful. When God came to Egypt, there was judgment. There were plagues. The angel of death came. There was darkness. There was destruction. But the children of God, they were protected. There was a remnant of God that was kept. And yes, they were persecuted, but the grace of God was upon them. And you know what? We don't have to be afraid, even in the middle of persecution. I have heard stories of the early church in Rome that Roman citizens will jump in the Colosseum to be killed because they could sense the anointing, the presence of God in the Christians, and they wanted to partake of that, even if that meant to die. When we know God and we walk with God and we are being persecuted because of it, there is a special grace that comes upon you. He puts you like in a bubble to keep you. And you know what? The piercing words that say you are this, you are that, just because you're different, don't pierce your heart. I have asked the Lord so many times to deliver me from the fear of men. To deliver me from the fear of persecution. Because in the days that are ahead, that might come and be more so in our lives. I never thought that I will see the things that I'm seeing now. And I'm young, let me tell you. I'm young. I'm not that old. But God wants us to occupy territory. That's what the kingdom of heaven, that's what the kingdom of God is. He wants to occupy territory. Pastor Mark always says in his messages, almost every Sunday, he says this, or maybe every other Sunday, he said, you don't have two lives. You only have one. You don't have a secular life and you don't have a religious life. It's the same one. And you know what? This life, this faith, these words that we speak right here are to go out there. We cannot be double-faced, being one way here and another way over there, just hiding in the closet because someone might say, hey, that what you said is against what the culture says. I don't know, uh, a lot of you, uh, you know, I know you, but I don't know really what is it that you do. I don't know if you are a doctor. I don't know if you are a nurse. I don't know if you are. But the kingdom of heaven wants to touch every area, every aspect of your life. You know, if you are a doctor, if you are a nurse, right on the inside of you, the ha you have the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on people and see them healed. If you are a businessman, God wants to touch your business and to bring, bring increase in your life. Pastor Belinda was saying that Keith Moore is buying an airplane. 
because he needs to travel to many places. You know, most people, sadly, Christians, we don't understand. We are so brainwashed by the world that we think that Christians should not have anything. And we allow those who serve the devil have everything. Buy airplanes, one, two, three, four. It doesn't matter. Everything belongs to the Lord, and he wants to give it to his children. So what? Because he wants to increase you influence, your influence everywhere you go, because he wants to take territory. God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. God wants you to have more than what you are dreaming for. For his kingdom, for his glory. He wants his children to partake. Jesus purchased the field. The Bible said the kingdom of God, I, you know, the kingdom of God is like yeast that goes into flour. And I'm like, what? That means expansion. Who doesn't like those rolls from, <laughs> from Texas Roadhouse? <laughs> They're very gisty. <laughs> but that's what gist do, does. It brings expansion. That's what the king, you know, Jesus is so smart. The way he explained it, it's just like a little seed that it then, you know. How many times you see one day, you get out of your house, and then you see this little tiny weed in there, and then by the next day, it's like, like, that is the way that the kingdom of heaven works. Expansion, increase. It's like a net. And the scripture says that Jesus paid for that field. He paid a great Christ. We are the field. The world is the field. Jesus said the fields are ready. And here we goes. Here it goes. The earth belongs to God, not the devil. It does. So many times we think, well, you know, the devil is just going to get and do all these things and is going to destroy and everything. But, you know, in the meantime, what are we going to do in the meantime? Are we just going to take it? I'm just saying, would you do that with your house? Just, you know, there is a thief coming. Oh, come on in. There is, the, you know, and I have, the, here are my, all my jewelry. Right here, take it. All creation belongs to the Lord. You know, I have had ladies coming in my Bible study, and some of them, they have asked me, where was God when so-and-so happened? Where was God? Where was he? On the inside of us. On the inside of us. What What did we do with the God that we have on the inside of us? Are we letting him flow Are we letting him speak? Are we letting him touch our life outside here? Are we letting him touch our remote control of the TV? As simple as that, just a thought, you know? The enemy has been defeated. And we know that the scriptures, and we say the enemy is defeated. He's under my feet. You want to talk to him, just talk to the shoe. You can say that. (laughs) The enemy is defeated, but yet, yet, do we really believe that? The enemy has been defeated, and you know what? He's just holding fast to territory that you are not taking from him. You're struggling on your finances is because you are letting a defeated devil keep territory that does not belong to him. Jesus won the fight. He won it all, not just little pieces, but there is resistance from the enemy. 
And what are we doing with it? Are we just saying, okay, well, that's the way it's going to be? In the natural, with things that we see, that we touch, we don't let that happen. We, uh, if somebody gives us an inheritance, we're going to fight for it, no matter how long it's going to take, no matter how many attorneys we have to hire. <laughs> or it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> But with the things that God said belong to us. Healing belongs to you. Healing is part of the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? God wants you well. Why? Because the longer you are here, the more influence you can have. Paul was an amazing believer. He was an amazing believer. Peter, but they are not here. They cannot influence anymore. You and I have this body of flesh. That can touch the world as long as we're here. So stay long. Quit dreaming about heaven. Dream about heaven on earth. Don't we sing songs in here? Heaven on earth. I'm sorry, I'm not a singer, so we're going to ask. Sorry about that. (laughs) But we sing heaven on earth. You know, when you think heaven on earth. When we see Jesus moving, he would send his disciples for what? Go and heal the sick. Why? Because he wanted to walk in a place that looked like his kingdom. Didn't the Lord say, You know, this is the way that we are to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On where? As it is in. That's what he wants to do. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. His will. Fulfill in our lives. The scripture says that creation, this is in Romans 8. It says creation is looking forward to the day when what? When we will join God's children in glory and freedom. It's groaning in pains. The earth wants to be delivered from the works of the enemy. And the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. But you know what? It doesn't have to. We can do it to a proportion in proportion. We can bring kingdom of heaven now. The earth can experience that now. There is a scripture that Pastor Ronda spoke on Sunday. This is in Ephesians chapter 3. First, I'm going to read verse 10 just for for time being. It says, God's purpose in all this was to, to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You know, I've been meditating on that scripture. What does it mean, Lord? What does it mean? Because this is said that the church should should be doing. The church should be telling principalities and power the wisdom of God, saying, you know what? You are defeated. You cannot put sickness on me. You cannot take over my children. You cannot take over my grandchildren. You cannot take over my community. You cannot take over. Declare that. The manifold wisdom of of the Lord to the principalities and powers. You know, nobody knows the hour that the Lord is coming. We all know that he's coming. But the scripture says, that's another scripture that I thought, what? you know, okay, there it is too, again, that he will come when the gospel of the kingdom is preached everywhere. When this kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, goes everywhere, and then he will come and manifest himself. And you know what? I was thinking, you know, the scripture says laborers, right? Pray for laborers. I think we, t- we have taken that too much at heart. 
and we're just praying for somebody else to do our job. <laughs> Lord, send them. Send them to India. I don't want to go there. <laughs> and again, I love you very much. <laughs> we got to quit being complacent, sending others. And you know what? I'm just saying this. I know that if you have been here in Cornerstone for, let me see, I'll give you six months maybe, um, one year, you know more than the regular preacher in other churches. You know the word more. You know the Holy Ghost more. And what are we doing with it? We have a treasure on the inside of us. What are we doing with the tools that have been given to us? What are we doing with this word? What are we doing with the Holy Ghost? You know, we have seen wonderful things happening these past 30 years. Again, I can say, I think each one of you can come and tell me miracles that you have seen in your life, changes that, you know, how God truly turned your life around, just like that song said. And yet, you know, there is more. There is so much more. Just like Pastor Rhonda was saying on Sunday, you know, this is a memorial. And then there is something coming up, something more. You know, I know that there are doors that are opening for our pastors to do different things. But, you know, what is on them is on all of you, too. It's a year of profuse favor, right? That's what the Lord has said. And you know what? That favor is not just for our, uh, you know, have more. That favor is for us to bring the kingdom of heaven. Whatever the Lord tells us. I would say pray. You know, if I am going to challenge you, and this is going to be maybe a commercial, but if you have not taken Bible Institute, <laughs> if you have not gone through Bible Institute, show me that you believe what you just heard. Because the scripture says that we have to be prepared to answer for the faith that we have and we proclaim. Somebody's going to ask you one day, why do you believe that God healed them all? And you have to be able to answer. You're not going to get like the, 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 you know, like the piggy from... I don't know. Somewhere in the Bible, oh, Reverend Opal said so. <laughs> Go and ask her. She knows the answer for sure. <laughs> I want to challenge you. If you have not taken any classes of Bible Institute, I challenge you to take them. And I promise you, I give you my word. And when I give my word, I fulfill my word give you my word, that the Lord is going to show you what is the hope of his calling on the inside of you. God has purpose, has destiny in your heart, and he is waiting for you. He wants you to hear, this is what I have created you to do. He did not create you just to live and die. He created you for such time as this. You are in the kingdom. Listen to that. The kingdom, you have entered the kingdom for such time as this. He needs you. You are his body. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his mouth. He needs you. If he's going to speak to unbelievers that don't know the voice of the spirit, he needs you. He needs me. And if you remain quiet and if you remain in the closet, people are not going to hear the truth. How will they believe 
If somebody does not tell them the truth, God is love, in love with you. He loves you. He died for you. And he wants you to enter, enter in his kingdom. And I think I already passed my time. <laughs> A challenge. Okay, I challenge those that have not taken Bible Institute. But those of you. <laughs> those of you that have graduated from Bible Institute. Perhaps school ministry. What are you doing? Sometimes we just wait, you know, that some great influencer is going to call us and we're just going to be on, you know, number one. <laughs> but ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, what can I do today with what you have given me? Who can I touch today? Pray. Ask the Lord to give you influence to increase your influence wherever you go, in your job, anywhere you go. For what reason? So you can gist really hard with the kingdom of God. Amen. You want to have a good environment at work? Bring the kingdom. Yes. Do we want good things in our government? Yes. Bring the kingdom. Yes. If the Lord has called you to a position, Bring the kingdom. He needs you. If that's something that is in your heart, go and do it. He needs you. If your heart is education, go and do it. He needs you. Be the best teacher there is and model the principles of the kingdom in front of those babies that don't know the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close now, but I'm going to say this. The scripture says that the latter rain is much better than the early one. And so when I read the book of Acts, she's pretty impressive. <laughs> Not going to lie. You know, I don't do what Paul does, you know, did. I, I, I you know, my shadow doesn't heal anybody. Um, only scares my dog. <laughs> 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 but it's pretty impressive what they did with yeah. such little knowledge that yeah. they had too. Yeah. So the Lord says that the latter rain is way better. What are we waiting for? You know, Jesus is coming for a glorious church. Yes. Let's be the glorious church. Let's do it. You know, I love that phrase. Too bad that Nike took it. Just let's do it. We have to do it. Amen.